Welcome to the Making Ring Podcast. This is the place where we will discover together what it means to clear out the closets of our lives, both figuratively and literally, to make room for the freedom that abounds in a growing, thriving relationship with Jesus. Whether you need to make room for relationships, growth as a leader, a family, God, or you just need to clean out the recesses of your attic, we are here for it. Making room is a journey, and we hope you will go with us. On this episode, we're going to talk about how we made room in 2020. So Kristen, what did making room look like for you in 2020? Well, uh, very quickly in 2020, as most everybody listening, we were put into quarantine and um, that brought a lot of difficulties, a lot of as a pastor of church, trying to figure out how to have church and not being able to go to a building with the people and all of those things uh, presented quite the uh, agenda of to-do list. But (laughs) as a church, we were reading through the book of Acts. It was close to Easter. And I remember um, getting this like revelation from the Lord very quickly as to what maybe our invitation was as as a church family, but also for me individually. And uh, the idea of making room in this space. So if you, in, the, in the book of Acts, uh, the disciples, Jesus, after he um, raises from the dead, Jesus sends the disciples back into uh, the, the upper room, right? So there, and he says, I want you to wait for my helper who's going to come. And you'll, you'll know when he's come. And when he comes, you'll have what you need to come out of this space. And so that's what I'm reading, mind you. And then we get put into this room and we're told by all of the people that are way smarter than us that we need to stay in these spaces, that it's the safest thing, the safest place for us to be yeah. is to wait in our homes mm-hmm. while we figure out what to do with all that's being presented. And uh, in Revelations 3.20, so this is uh, post all of those things that's happening in Acts, right? Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears me, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And so it, it, it's quite the conflicting scenarios here, right? So look at picture both of these with me for just a second. The disciples are in the upper room and they've been told by Jesus to wait for something to come, that when this thing came, they would have what they needed to go out into the world. And now Revelations 3.20, we now have the picture of Jesus has come and he's now waiting for someone to open the door. And I just felt like the Lord gave me this uh, conflicting, uh, teaching there for a moment of like in, in the new Testament, the story of acts is that they waited for Holy spirit to come. Well, our story, the story of our life is that now we, we have divine access to the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit has come and he lives inside of us. And we have the ability to commune with Jesus on a daily basis. And now it's, it's quite the transition really, because now Jesus literally stands outside of our doors, knocking, waiting for us to open the door. So, so they waited for him to come. Now he waits for us to respond. And I I just kept thinking, everybody's at home. Yeah. Everybody I know is finally at home. And my, my prayer just began to, to come around that, like, Lord, let them hear you knocking, like, Mm -hmm. let them have time to open the door, let Mm -hmm. them have time to sit at a table. And like, we were almost forced to make room, but the invitation in that forcing was uh, one to open up the door to the freedom of communing with the Jesus who has been standing at our doors while we've been away 
while we've been busy, while we've been full, while we've been living our lives, he's been standing there knocking. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Now, here's the thing. I want you to understand that we're not, we're not making light of COVID in any way, shape or form and talking about all the, the blessings and the benefits that have come from being in this place. And, you know, COVID has been a horrible thing and it's cost, it's been, it had a high cost. Lives have been lost and the, the economic hardships have jobs lost, businesses closed and on the list could go has been astronomical. But what we are saying is that God has done a work in our hearts. And I think also in the hearts and lives of others, um, where we did as like that celebration, that celebrate recovery mantra of, uh, they stopped counting the days, but they started making the days count. And I think that's what we're talking about here is how did we make these days count? What did we do to make room in 2020 and make these days count for something? So Kristen, you've talked a little bit about what scripture and what God had spoken to you through scripture. So what did it practically look like for you and your family and your church and, and just all the things? Well, how did that look for you making room in 2020? So 2020 was two things, right? It was hard and it was holy. And in the midst of the hard and the holy, we had to struggle with how to manage uh, that tension, right? right? Can, can something be hard? And at the same time, can the holiness of God be mm-hmm. so present that it, there becomes no place that you'd rather be, right? Yeah. So the, the hardness of losing uh, my church community in the way that we had typically experienced it, right? Inside of building, meeting together regularly, being able to pastor people face to face and not over a screen. That hardness also had this holiness of teaching and providing a space for people to press into Jesus, for them to answer the door, for them to get into scripture. Uh, the hardness of my husband's job being halted, uh, Pay, pay being shifted. What was coming in looked differently. My kids are home from school. All of their activities, of which they love and dedicate their their whole lives to, have been halted. Uh, my high schooler, who should be experiencing prom and graduation and homecoming and young life summer camp, all of those things that she's so excited for, has just been removed. And there was this disappointing hard, but at the same time, there was this holiness yeah. around it. Yeah. As as a family, we got to spend hours together. Like we were we were forced to spend hours together. Now that was is hard for other people in different ways, but for us it, it became the holy ground where we became friends and we got to boat and we got to ride bikes and we got to lay in hammocks and we got to rediscover that we didn't need so much stuff uh, to enjoy our space together. Making room for rest is this journey that I've sort of been on for years now. Yeah. Like years ago, five or six years ago, I felt the Lord say to me, I want more of your time than you give to everybody else. And so I've been on this journey of like making sure that the father has more of my time. And I very much have been dedicated to living from a place of rest Um, But in 2020, I feel like my family and my friends joined me. And so that rest became fun and it just became something that was even more enjoyable than it was when I felt like I was doing it alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I'm interested to hear like it's different and you and I are different. And though we've journeyed together for so long, uh, we (laughs) live in different contexts and settings. Like your boys are not even home. They're grown uh, (laughs) like men. Yeah. And so 
2020 presented you with an opportunity to make room that even looked different than the way that it presented me. So what about you? What did the father do in the midst of that hard and holy space for you? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the beginning of 2020 started off like any other year and David and I as a ministry couple, my husband is also a pastor. And so our calendar was filling up and our ministry calendar, travel schedule, events and activities had already begun to take over. And, and I stepped into it going full throttle like usual. And even more so because now that David and I, as Kristen said, we are empty nesters. My husband, David and I are empty nesters and our boys are uh, 25 and 23. Um, and uh, now that we are empty nesters, I, I felt like I was even, I all of a sudden be, just shifted into a whole other gear um, where my calendar was concerned. And I mean, if, if you thought my calendar was full when I had kids at home, it was like, it's bursting now, I felt like. And so we ushered in um, the new year in Atlanta, Georgia at Passion Conference with our young adults from church because young adult ministry is, it falls underneath me as a discipleship pastor. And um, then we came home and hit the ground running. And at the beginning of March, I flew to North Carolina for a women in ministry conference. And my plane landed in Charlotte. I rented a car, drove down to the retreat center. I went to the first event that evening. And at the end, they announced that, that, that the governor had imposed limits on public gatherings. And we were going to be separated into smaller breakout groups to watch the rest of the conference on big screens. And I thought, ah, I can do this at home and not risk getting quarantined in North Carolina away from my family. So less than 24 hours after landing in North Carolina, I turned around and flew back home. And then that whole saga began. And shutting down in-person discipleship was one of the most difficult ministry decisions. And it was it was the right decision, but it was hard. And they say that often the most difficult decisions to make are the best decisions. And I think that's true about making room. It's a difficult decision. Why? Because it, it takes a lot of effort, but it has been the best decision of my life. So I went into overdrive of planning and creating online content and lived in a world of ministry that was ever changing. And by ever changing, I mean every single day things changed. And I realized pretty quickly that if I allowed it, the lines between home and work or ministry would get very blurry and there would be no definition between the two. Now, on a normal day, this is hard, but during the pandemic, it's doubly hard. And slowly I began to recognize where the imbalances were, where the clutter was in my soul, my mind, my body, my home, my relationships, my ministry, etc. And then, And then came the hard work. Just like I said, some of the best decisions are the most hard to make. And I began to allow myself to say no to some things so I could say yes to the best things. And the clearing of my calendar in 2020 gave me the room to make room in my life for the things that really, really mattered. And so you need to understand that Crystal and I, like we said, we've been friends for longer than we're going to tell you. <laughs> and um, though we are friends, we don't, we don't live in the same state. We don't live life together really. And so I, I see you. We because, used to, we used to, we lived in the same state for years. We just yeah. don't anymore. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday <laughs> maybe. on a lake with a boat <laughs> and no kids around. They're yeah. all gone. Uh, yeah. So there's dreams, but uh, so I'm watching Crystal from afar and um, cause we've made room to stay close and stay connected. So I, I literally am watching her from afar run a race at a pace that makes me tired. And the only reason I can recognize that I'm tired is because I 
I was in that space just five years ago, running so fast that nobody could keep up and my family included, myself included, really. And so um, watching her sort of have this moment with the Lord and where she's come to grips that this is not the pace that I want to run my life and uh, her being kind enough to invite me into that space enabled us to have some amazing discipling conversations with one another of like, what, what are we making room for and what really matters and what do we want to spend all of our time doing and why is this exhausting and where is that light and easy yoke? And for us to just kind of go back and forth in that space. And I, I, this is another thing you need to know. Uh, Crystal is the reason that I am where I am today. Crystal and Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When I was 19 years old, she led me to the Lord and my life was a disaster. And for the first time, like I might get a little bit emotional here, but for the first time in my life, I really felt like I had something to offer back to her that she had offered to me. And so we kind of sat in this uh, role reversal for a minute where I got to share the testimony of how I had taken those heavy yokes of church ministry and leadership and expectations off of my shoulders and handed them over to the father and how he had placed the light and freeing um, call of discipleship in my life and how we were choosing to live that out as a family. And being able to sort of go back and forth was just, again, it was hard, but it was so holy and I was so thankful for that space. And uh, watching you come full circle, I'm just wondering uh, if you have some words for someone who's listening that's sitting in front of their phone or their computer or whatever it is that they're listening on and, and they're hurting and they're tired and they're broken. But at the same time, the level of responsibility that they have taken on good things yeah. feels so overwhelming that they just don't know what to do. Like, what would you even say to them? Well, first of all, I just want to go back to what you just said, Kristen. I think um, one of the key things for both of us has always been having people in our lives that we allow to speak truth over us in love. And, you know, not everybody can, not everybody can speak that, but we have this relationship that we have earned the right to be heard by one another. And also we're at a place where we can humbly accept that uh, from somebody that we know loves us. And so that's one of the things that I think we need to remember as, as believers, just as well as people in general, we all need people in our lives that won't just tell us what we want to hear, but love us enough to want us to be at our best. And they love us enough to speak truth so that we can realize what's best in our lives. So that's, that's one of the very first things I would say. And, um, but on a more practical note, the other day I was reading this article about six steps to cleaning out your closet. Um, and again, I've been on this declutter my life kind of kick right now and making room for just an empty shelf occasionally, which feels really good. Um, so just hang in there with me for just a second. There's a point to this whole six step thing of cleaning out your closet. So the six steps were this one, designate a staging area and empty out your closet. Two, take inventory of what you have. Three, eliminate the things that don't belong in that particular closet. You know how things get jumbled up and put places they don't belong. And then number four, remove unwanted items. Number five, clean the closet itself. Dust it, vacuum it, clean it, clean it itself. And then six, 
put back only the things that you will actually use. So those are the six steps. So first of all, if I was giving somebody advice, I, I, one, of the thing, one of the things I would ask is, do you have accountability? And another thing I would ask is if you know Jesus. And from there, it's really a question of, are we willing to put in the work to return to a place of health from a place of unhealth? Mm-hmm. And so there's this scripture, again, that you have already referenced in our first episode, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. And again, I love it in the message translation. Mm-hmm. And it says, are you tired? worn out, burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Mm -hmm. So I think we look at Jesus's life and we see some, some practical things that, that we, we watch him do as he interacts with people, as he, he walks through life and he makes room for the father and his time with him. And, and so if you, if you go back to those steps and if we talk about these steps that we take, take of getting away and recovering our life and taking a real rest and walking with him and working with him and learning those unforced rhythms of grace. And then you take those six steps of cleaning out your closet. You know, this is a real spiritual conversation, <laughs> but if you go back to those steps and we, we, we look at those clean closet things, it could look something like this for our lives our, our just our general lives. So number one, the number one in that list was designate a staging area and empty out your closet. So for our purposes of making room, that number one would be to set aside a time and a place to get along with God and begin by prayerfully emptying out your proverbial closet of your life. Write down all the things that you do during the day. Write them all down. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, the ugly, even of the pickup line at the elementary school. Write it all down. Mm. Write everything down. Even if you don't like it and it makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all of this is in my life. Just write it all down. But set aside that time and place to get alone with God and begin to prayerfully empty out your closet and ask God to reveal things that maybe you don't even realize that you've placed this burden upon you to do this. Number two in that list was take inventory. So number two for us would be once your list is on paper, read it and take an inventory of what is running your life. Where are your stressors? What's making you so tired? What or who has hurt you? Is there brokenness? And if so, what is it? Just begin to take inventory of the things there that you have put on that paper. I think if we all did that, we would be shocked at how long that list would be. Mm-hmm. Number three was eliminate the things that don't belong in that particular closet. So for us, number three would be, would be begin by going through your list and marking off things that don't belong there. And by this, I mean, what is part of your job and what is not? What could someone else do? And I need to let go of control and let somebody else do it. Even if it's not done the way that you would do it, sometimes it's just better to let it go. You get the picture. Delegate what you should and resign from what is not yours to lead and embrace what is true to your calling. I'm going to say that again because I need to hear it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you need to hear it. Delegate what you should. Resign from what is not yours to lead and embrace what is true to your calling. And then number four would be remove unwanted items. 
So number four for us would be to remove unwanted clutter things or other pe that other people have put on your plate. You know how that happens. They put it, they put these things in the closet of your life and you didn't want them there to begin with. I'll give you an illustration for us. We just finished cleaning out our basement storage room and, um, I realized that over the years, my boys, when they would clean up their rooms, they would just put things in boxes or bags and then just take them downstairs and put them in the storage room. They weren't really getting rid of it. They were just moving the location and putting it in my storage space. So now that they've moved out, I have all of this stuff in my basement that isn't even mine. And so what are, what are you allowing people to put in your life that doesn't belong there? And learn to say no to those things. Learn to say those healthy no's and those best yeses. So number five was clean the closet itself. So number five from, for us would be to do some cleaning. Time, take a time of reflection alone with God and ask him to help you clean out what doesn't go, the dust, the cobwebs that have set up. You know, maybe you cleaned out your closet and you found a leak. You know, maybe you have cleaned out your closet and all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, I have this person or I have this thing that's completely taken over my life and God just help me clean that up and get rid of that. Number six, put back only the things that you will actually use. So for us, number six would be begin putting things back in their proper place, remembering that the priority is always Jesus first, your family second, and then whatever God has called you to do or your job or your career, whatever that is. But just remember to keep that priority list and only put back the things that are life giving for you that, and, and uh, let me say this, we all have parts of our jobs that aren't life giving that we don't like that we have to do because they're part of our careers or our jobs. Mm -hmm. But you know what I mean here? Just make sure that you are keeping the mission critical things on the shelves that you can reach first. And set all those other things aside. Mm -hmm. So basically 2020 has sort of poured into 2021. And there are still so many things buying for our space, buying for our time, buying for our intention. And the reality is these are there are important things that need our time and that need our space. There are hills that we as a church, a large church, need to climb. Um, there's a holiness that we need to seek. There is humility uh, that we need to bend our knee to. Like there is work to be done as the church, as disciples of Jesus, as people who uh, represent his grace and truth. There's, there's work to be, done in our, to be done in our homes. There's work to be done as wives, as moms, as friends, um, as workers and co-workers and co-laborers. There's, there's so much to be done, but the most important thing is that we make room for the most important thing because uh, we are governed from within. And when Christ fills us within, he overflows us without. And so when we take on those hills, we move into action from a place of alignment. And if we don't take the time to align ourselves, we will take the wrong actions. We will say the wrong words. We will, we will, forge the wrong movements. And so uh, this is the way that it works. The reality is uh, some days in 2020 with this word of making room for him, of opening the door for him, there were days that I navigated this well, 
There were days that I uh, opened the door to the Lord and I sat at the table and I had space with him and revelation and days that I pastored my people well and I discipled them well. And, and then there were days that I just quite honestly did not do a good job. And the circumstances uh, got the best of my posture and they, they crushed me down into that space. And uh, here's the, here's what you know, every day, God is always present and he's always at work and he's always inviting us into this story of unforced rhythms of grace. His, his mercy is new every, every morning and his anointing and his favor are abundant. And I never run out of needing him and he never runs out of being there for me when I, when I open up to him. And so uh, here's, here's where I want to end with this. The message that the father was speaking to me and to Crystal, to us in 2020 was to make room for him. And so we had the awareness and the insight to be able to navigate the space differently, right? When God has given you a word, like that's often why people ask for a word for the year so that I can walk in awareness of that. And so we navigated 2020 differently than you may have because we had an awareness of this word, like the Lord had given something to us. And so we were aware of it. And so when we look back and reflect on 2020, we look back from a different perspective. We, we had a different word. But now as we bring that word into 2021 and we begin to move forward with that, we begin to make room. We really just want to invite you into this space because we feel strongly that moving forward, uh, moving forward together and making room together for the best thing will enable us to make room for the most important things as we move forward. And so as you think about this past year, as you reflect on what you made room for, like there's so much grace, right? So much grace for how many times you opened that door to the knocking of Jesus, how many times you sat at that table. Uh, there's just so much grace for that. Reflection is such an important part of our journey, um, but we reflect to learn and not to shame and condemn. Right, we reflect to grow and not to sit uh, in the condemnation of what we didn't do. Mm -hmm. Right, so as you look back on what you did or didn't do and you hold that hard and holy space, uh, take note. But more importantly, as you begin to look forward uh, into where you want to go and where you hope to be, that's where I would put your energy, that's what I would put your, uh, your discernment and your direction towards uh, taking the desire to have room and space for Jesus. But turning it also into the daily discipline of cleaning out that space and setting up that space and dedicating that space and going into that space where mm -hmm. you can uh, make room for the most important thing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think, I think too, Kristen, one of the things that we need to be, to remember is that um, there's intentionality that comes with that. Like we have to be intentional with it. It doesn't, you know, we don't intentionally fill up our closet to the point where when we open the door, things fall on us. We don't do that intentionally. It just happens over time. Mm -hmm. But I think there is an intentional, we have to be intentional about cleaning it out. That also does not happen by accident. Mm -hmm. um, so I think for us, this podcast is about us being intentional. That's right. Together. And that is what this journey is about, is about us just encouraging each other along this journey to be intentional about making room. It's not about feeling guilty for the fact that the closet got cluttered in the first place, because let's be honest, I still got closets that are cluttered that 
truthfully, if I opened the door right now, I would get hit in the face. I've still got room to grow, but the thing is to be intentional about it. And it's one step at a time, one closet at a time, one cabinet at a time, one drawer at a time. It's just the intentionality of being willing to step into that space. And that's what this is all about. Yeah, I can't uh, help but laugh when I think about how many times we've actually cleaned out your closets physically. I know. I know. Um, Because there was like a season where I lived at your house and like we would kind of just clean out closets. That's really what we did together. I was a teenager and and fold laundry. And so uh, find somebody to do this with you. Like if you maybe already have that person in your head, but like reach out to them like, hey, uh, the most important cleaning you'll ever do is the cleaning of your heart. And really the Lord does the hard work. You yeah. just have to do the opening and the waiting through all of the stuff that's in there, right? He'll, he'll take care of it once you surrender it up to him. And so to invite somebody into that journey, not only is it fun, but it's super fruitful. Well, and it's also finding that safe space with somebody who like, I didn't feel like I had to put on airs with you. Like, right. I was because you lived basically in my house. So we, you saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. You knew that that closet had all that clutter in it. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I didn't feel like that changed your view of who I was as an individual. No. And so to have those people in your life that you can just be vulnerable enough with to say, yep, this is me. Mm-hmm. And they can help you figure out, you know, what are the things that you need to say yes and no to and, and help you be intentional with each other. Um, maybe clean an actual closet together and then yeah. talk about your There you go. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Crystal's closet was a mess, but my life was a mess. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize was that as we were physically cleaning out her closet, we were spiritually cleaning out my life. And like, I just didn't know that. And like, I don't have... I didn't have the insight at the time, like I was 18, 19 years old. I didn't have the ability to recognize what was actually happening. But as she invited me into that space to physically do this work, I invited her into this, unbeknownst to me, I invited her into this space to spiritually do this work. And it was this work of like loving me and her letting me into that space spoke volumes of love to me because I didn't deserve it and I hadn't earned it. And they had every reason not to trust me with their messy closets. And yet they still, they, they invited me into that space. And so what God, what we were doing physically, God was doing spiritually and it just wrote this beautiful story. And so I can't, I can't, uh, say enough about finding someone to invite into that space and just mm-hmm. like sticking with the cleaning and the cleaning and the cleaning for the long haul, because it is the most fruitful and fulfilling thing that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So as you think about your past, how have you made room? And um, so as we wrap up this episode today, those, there's just some questions that we want you to kind of think through for yourself. All right. uh, I think that's it. And so this is episode two for the Making Room podcast. We are so glad that you're here and that you listen. Follow us, like us on social media. We will talk to you soon. We're excited you're on this journey with us. A new episode will drop every two weeks. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to find out more about our families and how we are making room in our lives. And you can find out even more by going on over to our website at www.makingroompodcast.com and subscribing. You can find out more about how to follow us in the description of this podcast. Have a great week. And remember, making room is all about freedom, 
living freely and lightly in rest, reconnection, and restoration.